Welcome to the City Confessions. I'm Marianne Yip, a native New Yorker, and I'm here to discuss all the thoughts that go to the minds of people living in New York City. Since I'm a native who was born and raised in a city that never sleeps, I come across people who are constantly in a rush. I would like to take a moment to sit down and talk about what's on their minds and what keeps them up at night. So sit back and let's dive into these confessions of people I know and people I just met. Hi, everybody. Welcome back to this week's episode of the City Confessions. Today, I am joined by two amazing badass women. We have Hilla Narove and Samantha Wolf. They are the co-founders of Official Partner, which is a premier marketing and entertainment agency that connects brands with A-list talent and influencers and New Yorkers. So hello, ladies. How are you? And welcome. Hi. We're excited to be here. Since we have both of you today, and I normally only have one guest, can we just go over, obviously, like who's speaking? Um, But before we do that, why don't each one of you take turns to introduce yourself, tell us who you are, what you do, and what your relationship is with New York City. Um, I'm Samantha Wolf, but Everyone knows me as Sam, and um, I am the co-founder of Official Partner with Hilla. My journey to get to this place was really, you know, some. I went to Syracuse and graduated and went into a traditional kind of advertising track, but quickly learned that uh, doing more, I was doing account management, so I wanted to do more creative things, and dipped my toe into publishing, um, and then ultimately ended up in entertainment marketing, where I was exposed to working with brands and helping them connect with pop culture. Um, And I worked at a variety of entertainment agencies and then um, ultimately a talent agency and met Hilla a couple years ago, and we started this great agency, and we're excited to be here and talk about it. That is so exciting. And I don't know if you know this, Samantha, but I also went to Syracuse. So when I saw that, I was like, ooh, we both bleed orange. So orange. Juice in the house. <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay. And Hilla, tell us about you. So um, I am a native New Yorker. I've heard some of your podcasts. Yes. <laughs> born and raised. I've only lived in D.C. for four years when I went to college, but have been here the entire time. Um, And my career trajectory is so random and crazy, which is kind of amazing because it just proves that you can try a bunch of different things and then end up doing something that you really love. Um, I went to law school, then I pivoted into television. I worked at Saturday Night Live, and then I went into PR of all things, and then found my niche with this particular um, discipline for entertainment marketing and met Sam, and here we are. Okay, so just to clarify, did you both decide to start Official Partner prior to the pandemic, or when did you launch? Yeah, so I basically went out on my own. I was working at a PR agency for about 18 years, and um, I ran a division there that did a lot of this work. And I started earlier, a year before the pandemic, and I was introduced to Sam right before the pandemic, and she came on board 
to grow, help me grow the agency. And then the pandemic hit like what, two months later. Yeah. Which was so crazy. <laughs> it was crazy, but it was also kind of an interesting time to do it. I was working in a very corporate environment in a big talent agency and um, decided that I wanted to really do it on my own, um, which was a big leap. And of course, didn't know what was ahead with the pandemic, but it gave us the time to really discover and figure out what we wanted it to look like and what we wanted this agency to stand for and, and the work that we wanted to do. And and we had a little bit of breathing room to to figure that out. And that was the nice part of it. Of course, the uncertainty was also very, you know, very scary, but we, we've really, we've come through it. And I think for us, the fact that we have gotten through it and gotten as far as we have to where we are today through the pandemic makes us feel so confident about what we can do. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because I feel like a lot of people actually went and found their passion either during the pandemic or even like before, like right before it hit. And I'm curious to know what were the challenges that you both faced? I know the world basically was like, what is going on? But to have a business, right, at the same time with all the uncertainty, I guess what was the biggest challenge and what did you learn from it? Just Hilla, I can answer that. I think that the the biggest challenge was pivot, like just being able to pivot, right? Because a lot of our before the pandemic, a lot of our our work was experiential. It was you know events, um, places where people could connect, whether it was concerts or uh, meet and greets with talent or different types of partnerships that would you know be come that would come to life through an experience or an event, and having to completely pivot that was the first challenge. And I think being able to look at the scenario, see what you have to do, how do you achieve the same results or similar results to what's happening? I mean, so many of, so much of the world went offline, like, you know, everyone was doing concerts from home and people were really rising to the occasion with different creative ways to deal with, um, with that limitations of the, of the pandemic. Um, so I think that was really challenging, but also fun and interesting and, you know, crazy because everything was just different. Everything you had done before was now n- different and you had to find solutions for it. And I think that's really important just in business. Like you can't just keep doing the same thing. You have to look at the opportunities. I mean, a lot of the opportunities came out of the pandemic for people, whether it was people were doing more beauty at home or people were doing more education at home for their kids. So how do you help them do what, you know, get the customers and the people out in the world? How do you help them service the need that they have now? Because the pandemic was was on, but, you know, people still needed this kind of stuff, you know, like just the, the you know, the, um, the services. So I think that was kind of interesting and challenging, but but also a great, you know, that doesn't really happen in a lot of people's career where the world completely changes and you have to figure it out. I think the other challenge that we had to pivot on was we normally had a lot longer lead times um, to plan things or to think about things, but because everything was so uncertain, that was no longer a luxury. So learning how to do things faster, more nimble, um, getting the right things in place quickly, and um, while staying ahead of all the trends and the things that were happening, it's just 
it was a different time, but learning how to do that and learning how to do that together and finding different resources in different ways was certainly a challenge, yeah. um, but also an exciting one. Yeah. For yeah. example, like mm-hmm. you would, you, if in the, in the old world, like if you were launching something, you know, you would schedule an event and you would schedule a photo shoot and you would schedule, you know, an appearance on, you know, Jimmy Fallon and like none of that stuff was happening. So how do you sort of navigate it? So what is your method, I guess, moving forward? Have you changed the way you approach specific partnerships and your clients? Or do you believe based off of both of your extensive, I guess, knowledge in the talent entertainment industry, you have really built such a strong network that it has translated to your business? So the question is, if I can rephrase it, has your approach to business and clientele been different due to the pandemic? Or do you believe the strategy you've used in your previous years and, you know, past careers have been pretty much similar? I can answer that. I I would say it's a little of both. I think that like you said, we both have extensive experience and history in the field um, and in other interesting areas. And there are some things that are tried and true and lessons that we've learned through our experience that still matter and, and still help us shape our approach. But, you know, being nimble and being uh, being able to really help a client understand where their business needs to go, maybe not a year out, but in the next six months. Um, so I think it's a combination of both. And I think the fact that the two of us are so hands-on with all of our clients, it allows for quicker communication, faster progress, um, and able to to answer some of the changes in the world quicker because you're not, it doesn't have to go through so many layers it's the two of us hands-on tapping into the people we know, the, the rich con- rich history and the extensive contacts and relationships that we have with people that trust us and are willing to put their neck out to help us if we come to them with, with ideas. Um, and in turn, that benefits our clients. And since both of you are co-founders, what are your different roles? Well, I think we do a lot of the same things. We have the same um, background, but I always joke like Sam is definitely more of the people person and she de- deals with the personalities a lot better than me. Um, I, because I have a legal background, do a lot of the you know negotiating and the contracts and all of that, although she does it as well. So um, the, that's the good part about it is that we're both strong in the same areas so can pick up for each other, but you know have certain things that we feel more comfortable doing. And whereas I have a great background in like advertising and production shoots, Hilla has an amazing background in PR and the combination of some of our different experiences help us lend different counsel to our clients based on those experiences. But um, yeah, I think right now we're just so excited and we get so, we love doing this. We're so passionate about it that it's hard to keep both of us out of something because we just get very excited and very interested in, in making sure we're, we're tapping into all things. Right. And I understand that you work with a list, a list celebrities. And I have to ask, don't, you know, call anybody out. But what is that really like? What are the challenges? What are 
I guess, some misconceptions when it comes to working with these impressive people, or so it appears. <laughs> I just want to get the tea on what that's really like. And do you ever still get starstruck, or are you more comfortable and you don't and you treat them, you know, as regular people? Um, I can, this is Sam, I can jump in on this. Um, Yes, there are certain talent, you know, I think what makes a celebrity a celebrity is the presence and and how they show up in a room and they, they have a charisma that just naturally makes you want to be in awe of them. Um, And I've certainly worked with people that I was starstruck over. You never want them to know that. Um, certainly if you're on the business side of it, you, you want to keep cool. But of course there are moments where you're like, wow, this is someone I've always admired and such a fan of their work. And here we are. Um, I think also when you have a great relationship with talent and you see them in their element, you know, I've worked with some big rock stars and, and musicians. And when you are at a concert, watching this woman that you've talked to and worked with and listened to in a very, in a business setting, and then see them on stage performing, it's overwhelming. And, and you think, wow, this, you know, these women are incredible. Um, but working with talent is interesting. Like anything, it's about relationships. It's about respect and management. And some of the stories you hear are definitely true. Nothing to be shared or named. <laughs> and, um, you know, some I think are taken out of context. I think, you know, I've always felt very lucky because a lot of the people that I come in contact with are in a very, it's a very safe environment. It's set up in as a business situation. So automatically there's less of a wall up because it's a very trusted environment. But, uh, you know, a lot of that is how you make them feel as well and make them feel like, you know, you understand their brand and their business and that you speak to them like a real person. Um, and you, you know, there's some, there's some great things there. I mean, I had a great moment with Pink. Um, this is crazy and random, but I had met her years ago at a club, but I knew someone I went to college with, Syracuse, uh, his father was his uh, grandmother was Pink's grandfather's girlfriend. Very random. They lived in like the Jersey Shore, so it was like completely random. But I knew him. I knew him, and I had and her, and it was just a very strange thing. So the first time I met her, I had brought it up, and I was very nervous to bring it up because that's ultra personal. And she couldn't believe it. It was a total moment. She could not believe it. And it completely changed our relationship. And it made her have a trust level immediately with me. And I had such a great working relationship with her. I mean, I happen to think she's a badass and and unbelievable what she does. But that was a great moment to be able to connect on such a human level where that would happen with, you know, a, a random friend, but to happen with this mega global celebrity um, was really cool and fun. Mm-hmm. And Hilla, do you have anything to add to that? Or do you have any like stories you would like to say, whether it was a lesson that you've learned throughout one of your encounters with one of your clients or just like working with celebrities in general? Oh God, I have so many lessons, but I think Marianne, we need to like <laughs> take <laughs> offline with a glass of wine. But, uh, <laughs> no, I mean, I think Samantha really, you know, hit the nail on the head. And I think that you know, the talent is their, their people too. And they have their, their brand that they're protecting and their image and they do what they do and they do it. And it works for them 
basically they've gotten where they've gotten because of the things they do. So they need to know something and be doing something right. So you have to respect that and work around, you know, how they do things a lot of times. Um, and I think that the, the trick, and I think Samantha's really good at it with the talent, you know, speaking to them and getting them on board. But when you have a brand that has a certain way of doing things and you have talent who has been doing things a certain way, you know, getting them to come together, it's really just about listen, having them listen to each other and find common ground. And I think that's, you know, really the trick of it. Mm-hmm. I want to tackle the fact that you both are women in this industry. And I just wanted to see, have you found that to be, I don't want to say an issue, but just working in the industry with so many talent and there are a lot of agencies out there, you know, representing celebrities, connecting brands with influencers and again, talent. Um, Have you found that you needed to prove yourself um, or do you believe with our society now somewhat moving in a very um, right, right way, I guess you can say in terms of just progress that it has been easier to just, make your voice and presence known? Um, It's Hilla, I can answer that. Uh, I think that it's funny because Samantha and I both came up in the time of before, you know, now certain things that were, that were done back then and, and just whether it was how people behaved or, you know, you know, you hear those legendary stories of people like throwing phones at their assistants and things like that you know, that's the the world of entertainment that we came up in. um, And things were very different. And now there's definitely been a pivot. So I think we have the benefit of, of, of seeing both experiences. Um, I do think being a woman is, is helpful. But it's also there have been times where I've, I'll be honest, I've been negotiating against, you know, big agents at big agencies, men, and they definitely speak to me and treat me differently, I feel like than they would if I was a man. Mm-hmm. Um, so and that's that happened like two weeks ago. So it's not like something that happened years ago. Um, so there's still challenges. But I do think that in general, um, we're really lucky. You know, times are changing, people are are not putting people into stereotype baskets like they used to. And there's a lot of opportunity. And there's a lot of great women in the industry that have mentored both of us. And, you know, we try to return the favor. We have a lot of people that have worked for us over the years that still, you know, I had someone call me last week who works at a big talent agency, you know, and needed some advice about something. So it's great. And we love doing it. Yeah, I would agree. I mean, I've definitely worked in very corporate America where there was definite boys clubs and um, challenges of not being invited into a room. And I do think it's critically important as women to, to pull it forward. And, you know, I think it's really important, we both do, to mentor young women coming up, but also to ensure that they stay in the room, um, helping them get a foot in the door and helping them find their voice to stay in the room. I've also, on the flip side, have had, I had a, a one boss in particular for many years that's like family to me, and he was very supportive and sensitive and was very good at sticking up for me and helping me to learn my voice in a room of tough men that spoke to me like I was a young child, even though I had more experience than all the other people at the table. 
Um, so I was lucky in that sense, but you know, I, I'm glad to see that things are moving. I think the good thing about today is you, you no longer have to keep quiet about something mm -hmm. that you're, you are, um, you're able to speak up and be heard and people will listen to you now, which is mm -hmm. great. No, I love that. And that's like the main reason why I created this platform because I personally felt like I wasn't being heard and being seen in a way mm -hmm. and combining being a native New Yorker, always meeting people, I felt the need to share stories. And I think that's like the most interesting part because we all come from different backgrounds and being able to hear both of your journeys, your skills, your challenges, everything that you've learned by sharing your stories and again, your lessons, like without a doubt, somebody will find value in it. And I think that's like the beauty of it. So with that being said, I would love to ask what keeps you up at night. And this is in this current moment, as we are recording, whether or not this relates to official partner or something that's happening in your personal lives, but what is stressing you out? Because I think a lot of times, as entrepreneurs, we have a million things on our list and we're constantly like, go, go, go. Um, maybe within the last year, we have learned to slow down a bit. But even with that, I don't think we are that vocal about what we are going through, especially with strangers. And I'm not sure how often you, Hilla and Samantha talk about, you know, personally what, what, your, what your problems are and struggles. Um, but if you can share and whatever you're comfortable with, right now with something that has been heavy on your heart, what would that be? Um, this is Sam. I would say, you know, uncertainty, you know, and as Hilla said before, definitely need a bottle of wine for this conversation. <laughs> um, you know, I think uncertainty is the big one when we talked about this a little bit too, and just, you know, being able to both personally and professionally not know what's to come and how to plan and how and having to learn how to think in a different way. I personally feel very blessed. I think having a business partner like Hilla, who we've become very close in all assets of our life, um, in all facets, sorry, of our life, we do talk about what's personally bothering us and it is a safe place. And it's great mm -hmm. because it helps inform, you know, how we approach our business, what we're thinking about and how to support one another, not just in business, but in our personal lives too. So, but I would say the number one thing that keeps me up is uncertainty. I feel that, I mean, in general, I try to look at the positive side of things, which, mm -hmm. you know, I try to find opportunities for, you know, positive thinking. I don't normally stay up at night worrying. Um, luckily, I used to when I was younger, but now I just see that everything, if you do the thing you're supposed to do, if you put the work out into the world, like, and you do it, you do it with, you know, good intention. It usually with the benefit of, you know, hindsight, looking back on all those times, I realize like things work out, you know, and people go through hard times. It's like part of life, but in general, like, if you keep doing the good work and you deliver for people and whether that's, you know, and sometimes you fall behind, like I have a 10 year old son and sometimes I'm like, I have to remind myself, you need to like focus and be present when he's there, you know, everything that you do sort of, you, you, you have to put the time in and you can't be on this conference call or you can't be doing this when you're spending time with your son. So my point is, is that like, I feel that when you do the work and you really focus on what you're doing, like usually good things come out of it. 
Mm -hmm. I love that you said that because when I ask this question too, it's funny. I've been doing this podcast for three years, but when I first started, I used to always be in my head and stress myself out and I'm not the type to really act or handle pressure well, Mm -hmm. but most of it, it's me causing it, right? Like whatever you have on your plate, it's how you perceive it. You can say, okay, I'm going to tackle this. This is how my schedule looks like, plan everything out and just, you know, stay calm and just do the work. But me, back then, I would just, I don't know why, I would see everything and I would just stress myself out. So I think that is a benefit, again, due to the pandemic with slow living. Yep. And and I love what you said because that's the attitude I have now, right? Where it's like, it's all going to be work. It's all going to be okay. It's all going to work out. And just taking that extra step and that extra breath to truly see everything for what it is and it doesn't seem that bad after a while so it's all about perspective and I would love to know right now how do you both define success like what are your goals for official partner in the next three months as we wrap up 2021 take world domination I don't know (laughs) yes we have a lot of very big um goals for official partner um you know we want to continue growing and getting clients that we love to work with and you know more of those and doing good work um I think success would be when you know for us it's the impact so we see it we're so lucky because we get to our work some people do their job and it's not in the newspaper or in, you know, in the magazines or I, you know, I go to dinner parties and say, oh, I worked on this. And they're like, oh my God, I saw that. That was so cool. Like that part of it is really great because you can actually see an impact through, you know, from, from the press to actually the, you know, impact on the business for the brands that we work with. So um, I think doing a lot more of that is, is the goal. And I think that's what, you know, how we, define success in, in our jobs. I mean, obviously it's a huge question for life, you know? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So I think, um, having freedom to do the things you want to do and working with great people and, and really, um, being able to control your own schedule. I mean, that was for me, that was success. And that's why I started this company. And I would say, you know, we both feel very lucky that, and we feel successful in the sense that we're so passionate about what we do and work doesn't feel like a chore. Uh, it feels it's, it's natural for us. And, you know, I tell the story a lot where I worked at people magazine at the height of the magazine. This was pre Instagram and um, you know, 45 million readers a week. And we had a company wide meeting when Brad and Angelina had Shiloh and it was going to be on the cover. And we had all day spent talking about the photos and the issue and what we were going to do and how we were going to market it. And I just remember thinking like, I'm so lucky. This is my job. I get paid to think about this. Mm-hmm. And that was, you know, several years ago. And I feel very successful and fortunate that that has continued for me. Um, and I do hope and want, as Hilla said, world domination is definitely on the list. <laughs> um, and as well as just continue to be really happy waking up every day and loving what I do and loving the clients and, and making an impact 
um, in the world and for the brands. I think that's really important. And, and when you are an entrepreneur and when you have a company like this, it's hard to separate the business from your personal world. It, it meshes all in one. So being excited to do it all and not being stressed about that is very, that is very, that looks like success to me. Yeah, and I think when I hear both of you speak about the company, it honestly brings me joy to know that both of you are living out your dream job. It's that quote that says, you know, if you, what is it, something along the lines, if you wake up doing what you love, you're never working a day in your life. And that's what it sounds like um, when I hear you both speak about official partners. So that is amazing. And as we are wrapping up my question, I feel like both of you already know what's coming since you've heard some of my previous episodes, but this podcast is called The City Confessions, and I would love for both of you to share a confession, whether that is related to your personal life, professional life, whether it's very silly and just surface level or something serious and deep. I want to have a first disclaim that there is no right or wrong it's whatever you feel comfortable sharing so without further ado um hilla why don't you begin first if you can share a city confession what does that be well this is (laughs) random but i guess my confession and it i'm tying it back to the city because i always blame the fact that i grew up on the city on this the fact that i'm a really bad driver (laughs) you do not want to drive with me I um and I always blame the fact that I grew up in the city because I feel like if you grew up in New York City you didn't I mean half my friends that I grew up with didn't even get licenses so Mm -hmm. the fact that I I used to you know drive my mom used to take me to Stuyvesant High School where I went and we would drive in every morning and that was like my practice and it was just crazy so then when I started you know going out into the real world and like when I would have to go to LA I remember you know, I worked for Lauren Michaels and I didn't go on this trip, but there was one, you know, sometimes the person would have to drive him to appointments. And I was like, oh God, please. I hope that I don't have to drive to appointments because I'm (laughs) such a bad driver. He is going to fire me if I have to drive him somewhere. So um, that's my city confession. Wait, I can relate to that because I didn't get my license until I was about, I think, 21. And Sam, you would love this because when I was in Syracuse, everybody thought it was so ridiculous like they were all making fun of me I was like 18 you know and all my friends had licenses and cars and they were driving since they were 16 and like families and I was like first of all my family never owned a car second of all I didn't know how to drive and they thought it was so bizarre (laughs) and I'm like I'm from the city but it's funny you say that because I also feel like if you can drive in the city then you can kind of drive anywhere yeah I guess so yeah <laughs> I don't really I mean I didn't grow up in the city I've lived in the city for over 20 years and it's my heart and soul I'm still not a great driver so I don't know what my excuse is but um <laughs> you know yeah I mean it's it's funny you say that about Syracuse like two of my best friends from college grew up in the city and um one of them now lives in the suburbs of New Jersey and it was very stressful for her <laughs> out there because she didn't know how to drive and we were all like oh boy this is gonna be rough for you <laughs> she has since got it but it's still funny for us to see her behind a wheel because we always drove her everywhere in college yeah I mean New Yorkers we just take the subway or we just walk you know we're like 
car? What do you mean, car? <laughs> oh, this is my son, too. He was like, I remember when he was like four years old, we were somewhere. I forgot where we were. Like, we were in the nature somewhere and we were hiking, and he was like, Can we just take an Uber? <laughs> I'm like, You're such a pretty kid. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty life. <laughs> well, I can relate to that confession. So, and what about you, Sam? If you can share a confession, what would that be? Oh, well, I think, you know, the city really helped me get a thicker skin. My whole family is from New York. Um, and I went to Syracuse, as I said, and then moved here right after college. And I feel like in Syracuse, there's so many New Yorkers who get the sense of the attitude. Um, mm-hmm. But, you know, I think New York taught me how to see the world in a different way. I did not miss one opportunity. And I still don't think I do, but certainly in my 20s and 30s living here, going to every club, going to every restaurant, every museum, every Broadway show, and meeting people from all walks of life. People say New York is such a big city, but it also feels very small to me. I love Mm -hmm. that you can turn a corner and run into someone you haven't seen in years, or you can make plans with someone last minute that lives in your neighborhood to grab Mexican at the local spot, you know, where you don't need a reservation. Um, and you don't, but it's still some of the best food you've ever had. So I think for New York, it really taught me how to see the world in a different place, to have tougher skin, but also how to be kind and um, very tolerant because you see so much in New York and you really, I mean, like you said, we take the subway and things happen all the time. And I love to watch the tourists on the subway who have such reactions to things. <laughs> and you see the real New Yorkers who don't even bat an eye. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't even see it. Um, I was recently somewhere uh, out of the city and someone, we were in the downstairs of a house and there was a lot of noise upstairs and they kept apologizing. And I said, oh, I don't even hear it. I live in Manhattan. I don't hear anything anymore. I can, you know, really focus on what I'm doing. I don't hear the sirens and all the banging and everything anymore. The city helps you, I think, focus in some Mm -hmm. ways too. That's so funny. I literally saw a TikTok last night and this girl, she did a video on like New Yorkers reaction, right? And she, she was like pretending to sleep. And she said when there's like sirens, gunshots, like rain, thunderstorm, no reaction. But <laughs> but if there's like no AC, that's when we like freak out, which I'm not sure if that's 100% accurate, but it was really funny. I was like, that's actually such a New York thing. Um, but you mentioned the word kind, which I think some people who are not New Yorkers might might like raise an eyebrow and say like, mm, because the stereotype is that we're very rude. And yeah. But I think people confuse rudeness with just being blunt and direct. Like we don't have time to beat around the bush. You know, it's like, this or that and don't take it personally it's like it's never personal it's just we're just trying to do our thing get to where we need to be <laughs> so I, yeah. I, I I mean I of course anywhere you go in the world there's unkind people mm-hmm, but mm-hmm. my experience in New York has always been if I ask somebody for directions or a question mm-hmm. or it, people are very willing to help um and you know, I've made friends in random ways of, you know, even being next to someone in a workout class and becoming friends with them. And so I do think New York gets a bad rap in that sense, but I, I agree with you. I don't, I don't think that's fair. I think we are just very focused and, um, 
like you said, one, we have a lot to do and we don't like to beat around the bush. I also love that in New York, you could, people of all financial backgrounds, of all, of everything are around you. And sometimes you never even know that you're sitting next to a, you know, multimillionaire on the subway or what have you. They, they're just very discreet in that. And, I, and in other places in the world or in the states that I've been to, it's all about being very showy. And, uh, you know, I think New Yorkers just like to, like you said, be direct. Mm -hmm. And that's like one of my favorite parts about living in the city because it's exactly what you said. First of all, you never know who you can meet mm -hmm. and you just need one interaction, one conversation, one random encounter that can change the trajectory of your life, which I think is so, so, so beautiful because how many people can actually say that about where they live? Yes. Not a lot of people have that opportunity. And I think that's what makes me so grateful. And even as we are recording today, I would not, well, I want to say never, but chances of us actually bumping in person might not be that great. But the power of social media, being able to be connected with both of you and then with Sam, like knowing that we both have a common denominator yeah. with Syracuse, it's, it's amazing. Yeah. You know, so... Yeah. And then one question I've recently started to introduce into my podcast is that if you look back at the last seven days, what is one thing that you discovered or noticed that really sticks out, whether that is something as random as a taste, a weird food combination, a specific site, an article or a quote or a phone conversation you had with somebody like what is one thing that really stands out in the last seven days that you can share and why did it affect you the way it did Oof. Huh. <laughs> I had yeah I have a journal and I love journaling and it was actually a prompt that I came across and it really got me thinking and when I started to jot it down I read it again a week later and I was like, oh my God, that's so interesting because we are so blessed to have our senses or at least, you know, for the for most of us, we do. And again, it's a New York thing. I think we constantly go about our lives without really just, I mean, for me, I'm not going to speak for you guys, but like be present sometimes, you know, and being able to notice like, oh, I just ate, you know, this and it's so weird, but it, it tastes really good. Or, or I just saw, you know, a specific site or an article. I don't know. Whatever. Well, I think that there's a couple yeah. things. One is, wasn't, is it just, wasn't it this weekend that was the hurricane? So yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I think like the hurricane prep here, which was kind of, you know, when you start to like, you know, get everything ready for a potential hurricane. And also, mm -hmm. you know, you talk about community because I'm out in the Hamptons right now. And like so many people reached out to me and like mm. I reached out to friends of mine like that I know either or were like staying here alone or like single and, you know, have, you know, in a house by themselves and just being like, hey, we're here. If you need anything, keep in touch. You know what I'm saying? Because we like didn't know what to expect. Mm -hmm. I mean, we're supposed to, you know, hit the Long Island so hard, but nothing ever happened. Thank God. But still, I mean, I think that was sort of like a moment from this week that was that was really um, stuck out in my mind of like the pre preparation for it. And then on the flip side, yesterday we went to a beach barbecue with some friends and just like sitting on the ocean 
and having that moment is, you know, it's like the opposite. It's like the, mm. the, the harsh nature of what's happening. And then the, like the most beautiful evening, the gor- most gorgeous weather, the most amazing beach barbecue. You know what I mean? It's kind of mm-hmm. wild when you think about how it can just swing from one spectrum, mm-hmm. end of the spectrum to the other. Yeah. I think for me, I mean, I, I have to think about this a little more because some, some weeks blur of what happened. I know. <laughs> um, you know, I think for me is sometimes, and I learned this again this week, it's not a new lesson, but sometimes I get so caught up in a conversation that I've had with someone um, and it stays with me for a while and it, and it weighs on me, but then you'll reconnect with that person and they don't even remember the conversation or didn't even mean anything to them um and you you're reminded of like thinking not wasting so much time on certain energies that can be harmful to you because it didn't even matter to the other person Mm. but I I held on to something for so long that wasn't necessary Mm -hmm. so I that was a that was something that happened in the past seven days that I think reminded me that you don't always have to hold it in so long when someone else probably doesn't even think twice about it. Ooh, I can relate to that as well. And it honestly just takes time. I think for me, I'm a feeler. So when I'm in the moment, I overthink, I'm like in my feelings. I think it's all about me sometimes. But then you realize, actually, it has nothing to do with you. And the person might not even think about you the way you think about them. So I totally relate to that. And it's it 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 it's it sucks, but it's also a breath of fresh air when you do have that realization because yeah. then you're able to better assess how you access your energy and who gives who you give your energy to. So yeah, I can relate. <laughs> I'm sure a lot of people who are listening can be like, "Yep, that happens to me too." <laughs> yeah. So I know that we're recording in the end of August, and I know for all of you listening, it's October. So with that being said, this is your chance to plug away. I'm not sure if you are working on anything that you can reveal, but this is just, yeah, what can the world be on the lookout from you within the next year? Anything you can share, feel free to do so. Oh, I'm working on something very big, but it's not launching until November, so I can't share it yet. Okay. It's always good to like, I feel like everybody has secret projects. Yeah. Um, I'm going to leave all of your information, both of your personal as well as official partner in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. I'm not actually ready to like let you both go. I want to take a moment right now as I do with all my guests to just send you so much gratitude because I'm the type of person that I understand how valuable time is and it's not easy to schedule something in sometimes and I appreciate you both speaking with me with the last 43 minutes <laughs> and just sharing your stories and I want you to know that I yeah I definitely appreciate it so thank you for saying yes to being a guest on my podcast thank you for having us this was yeah. fun okay and congratulations <laughs> I mean you're you're doing such a great podcast and sharing some great stories so Thank you so much. And then my last question to both of you is, what is your superpower? Well, 
I guess I can answer that. Sam, we talked about this like a few months ago. I can't remember, but one of, I think that my superpower, and it's funny because you mentioned it. And I think this again, ties back to being a New Yorker. And I don't know, maybe I was meant to be on this podcast. <laughs> my superpower is cutting through all like the BS. Like yes. I just get right to the point, you know, cause people waste a lot of time and I mm-hmm. think it's good because a lot where people don't see like the issue, they just see all this other stuff that doesn't mean anything. And so I think one of the things I'm able to do both in like the deal making, but also just helping people focus, whether it's their career or, you know, if there is talent or something or like, you know, the, the, the strategy for the brand is to really just cut through all the BS and like, see, see where I need to go. I can absolutely agree with that. <laughs> but, you know, she ta- Taylor has taught me so much about that and so much about the power of the word no, too. Mm. Um, and really just getting all of the crap out of the way and focusing on what the number one issue is. And I I'd also say, I think you have a great sense of what people are looking for when they are stressed out. Um, certainly when the client is stressed out, I think Hilla has a great superpower of saying like, okay, this is what they're really saying. Mm-hmm. So as a business partner, that's very lucky for me. Um, I think my superpower I would say is I, I think it's my relationship building. Um, I, I certainly have a way of, I think I can listen to people very well. I, I think that I can help people translate from both sides of what it is that they're trying to achieve and be able to communicate in a way that everyone feels comfortable at the table. I agree with that. that. Yeah. And I think both of what you both said is so beneficial in the roles that you have and with starting this company, obviously relationship building is key and being able to also see through certain situations and certain people is going to allow you to just like, move forward so it just shows that both of your skills and superpowers complement each other and that's amazing (laughs) and yeah I think that completely um, wraps up our episode so thank you both so much for coming on again for everybody listening be sure to expand on the show notes so you can find both Hilla and Samantha and read more about Official Partner Thank you ladies so much and I hope you all enjoy this episode. Have a beautiful day and stay tuned for next week's. All right. Bye. Bye. Bye.